0: All right. Good morning, everyone. Good to see all of you. Amen. How many of you know who I am? Good. Wonderful. Well, I don't know who you are. So what I'd like to do, just getting kind of breaking the ice, I guess, and getting to know you, we'll be with you the next two days after today, three days altogether. I I want you to introduce yourself to me, and then I'm going to introduce myself to you. You say, well, that's going to take all chapel time. No, no, we're going to do it one, just one quick time. On three, I want you to tell me your first name. Everybody, just shout it out, your first name, when I count to three. Okay, you ready? One, two, three. Well, good. It's nice meeting all of you. And uh, my name is Pastor Cruz, and we're so thankful to be here. And we're thankful for America. Amen. And we should reflect upon this day and what it, uh, what it represents in our nation's history. And all that has come about that, I just heard this a few days ago. They have um, had the uh, remains of those that had died in that uh, horrific, on that horrific day, and they have just uh, recently identified two more of the victims here twenty two years later, they finally identified two more of the victims, and they said they' got at least a thousand more to identify. As far as those that perished in that attack, and so there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes that we're not aware about, aware of, and things of that nature, and so. But uh, we want to be mindful of that, and I appreciate Pastor Paul. I appreciate this school, and we love this church and love this school, and we love the opportunity. Thank God for the opportunity. Uh, to be here this week, uh, to be with you. And uh, so we're very grateful for that. And so I'd like to invite you to take your Bible, God's Word, and turn with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 5. Isaiah chapter 5 today. And uh, God's stirred upon my heart a message this morning uh, to give you. And we have three days together today, tomorrow, and Wednesday morning. And so I want you to be praying for me as I'm praying for you and have been praying for you that God would take His Word, allow His Word to have free course in our our meetings and have free course in our hearts and minds, and that everything that we say and do would bring glory and honor to the Lord. And so certainly appreciate again the opportunity uh, to be here. And I want you to have your Bible open and uh, just leave it open to chapter 5 of Isaiah because this is where our text will be and this is where the main points will come from throughout the message this morning and we'll trust God to help us today in all these things. Isaiah chapter 5, you got that? Say amen. amen. Verse 1, he says, Now will I sing to my well-beloved a song of my, well, of my beloved touching his vineyard. My well-beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill, and he fenced it and gathered out the stones thereof and planted it. ...with the choice vines, and built a tower in the midst of it, and also made a wine press therein, and it looked that it should bring forth grapes, and it brought forth wild grapes. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, I pray you, betwixt me and my vineyard. What could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Wherefore, when I I looked, uh, that it should bring... Bring forth grapes, brought forth wild grapes. And now to go, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof, and it shall be eaten up, and break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down. And I will lay it waste, and it shall be it shall not be pruned nor digged, but there shall come up briars and thorns. And I will also command the clouds that they rain no more upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of host. Is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah his pleasant plant. And he looked for judgment, but behold, oppression for righteousness, and behold, a crime." I want to look at this text here that God has given us and we know that it represents and references here the nation of Israel and throughout the book of the the Word of God even from the Garden of Eden in Genesis Adam and Eve sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves after they had committed an act of disobedience to the command of God. And from the Garden of Eden throughout the Old Testament record even to the New Testament record we find the figs are always mentioned and Israel is known or applied to To be the fig tree. And so we want to take this thought that God has given toward Israel and what God has done for that great nation. And uh, they were became a nation in 1948. And a lot of things have happened. And if you want to know what's going on in prophecy, someone said, always look at Israel. Keep your eyes on Israel because they are the, the apple of God's eye. But I'm saying today, I want to look at this text here and I want to bring it to us today here at Faith Baptist Academy. And apply it to our situation, to apply it to my life, your life, our heart. Your, our, our, our days and our school year. And I want to preach today on this thought, is the Father glorified with me? Is the Father glorified with me? Let me read just a moment. Hold your place in Isaiah. Just stay there and let me go to John 15. You don't have to go there, but I'm going to John 15. And this is a, the, the story of the vine and the branch and the fruit, and he says there in verse 8 or verse 7 If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. He said, The Father's glorified when good fruit is being born in our life. Now think of this Is, is God the Father being glorified in me? In other words, is my life pleasing to God right now where you sat? Can you also say, if I put a microphone, this microphone underneath your lips, can you say my life is glorified to God? The things I do, the things I think, the the words I say, the things I look at on social media, things of that nature, I understand this, are these pleasing to the Lord? And so we understand that the life of a Christian, of a Christian life is a life of faith and fruit. And so it is about abiding life, it's also about abounding life. Many say that they have a personal faith, but when you look under the leaves of their life, their branches are bare without any fruit. And here we find that we have to be careful today to to not just be attached to the cause uh, or to the church, but are we attached to Christ? And so a lot of people say, well, I'm attached to this school. I'm a part of this school. Some say, well, I'm a part of this church. Some say we're a part of a movement. We're a part of a cause. But let's be careful not to be attached to these things. Thank God we can be a part of this school. We can be a part of this church. We can be a part of the cause of Christ. But let's make sure individually that we're attached to Christ. You think of Judas Iscariot there. Uh, He was one of the 12 disciples. He was there with Christ. But the Bible says he was full of the devil. And understand this, when Jesus came to the garden of Gethsemane to pray that night before they arrested him and took him to Caiaphas' house and then the Pilate's Hall and then on to the cross, Uh, listen, Judas came with a band of of, of army men and said, he whom I kiss is the one that you take. That is him. And so Judas came and kissed Christ on the cheek, a, a, a symbol of friendship, if you will, and, and then they arrested Christ. Now, think of this. The Bible says that when Jesus prayed, his sweat became as great drops of what? Blood. Because the capillaries in his sweat glands burst under the stress and the pressure of going to the cross. And so blood literally mingled with his sweat. So when Judas kissed Christ on the cheek, listen, he got, he got the blood of Christ on his lips, but he didn't have it on his heart we believe that Judas is in hell today. Kissed the door of heaven, someone said, and died and went to hell. Let's, let's be careful not to just be attached to a cause or attached to a church. Let's make sure that we're attached to Christ. Let's make sure that our life is rooted in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we find here that there, there, then in our life we find there are seasons of fruitfulness. But fruit can only come in our life when we're abiding in the word of God. And the life of Christ becomes the life of the believer. But I ask the question this morning is the Father glorified in me? And when we come to this fifth chapter of Isaiah, let's look at a few things here that will give us an indication of what happened here to this fig tree, to this vineyard here uh, that has been um, brought about. He it said it brought, his desire was to bring forth grapes. But it brought forth wild grapes. Let's notice a few things. First of all, let's notice the potential of this plant. The potential of this plant. Look at verse 1. He says, now will I sing of my well-beloved a song, my beloved touching his vineyard. My well-beloved hath the vineyard, notice this, in a very fruitful hill. This tree here was not just planted anywhere in in the property or on the property. But the Bible says that this, this vineyard here was planted in a very fruitful hill. In other words, it had great potential in the beginning. In the beginning, it had great potential to, to bear fruit, to make something of its life, to fulfill and make the master, the one that owned him, the, the one that bought him, the one that nurtured him, the one that loved him, the one that planted him, that would bring, bring joy to the master by the fruit that it bore it was planted in a very fruitful hill. Oh, this vine here had great potential. It, it had had everything that it needed. And I brought this tree. I had Brother, Brother Morris Tyree bring this tree. And this will represent our, our, our vine today. And so we find that it's on a hill. If you can picture this platform being a hill, the Bible says it's a fruitful hill. It has great potential to bear fruit. Now listen today, you and I, especially you here at school today in the academy, you have great potential as well. You have great potential to either ruin your life with sin or to make something of your life by building your life on the Word of God. And building your life on God and His promises and His His purpose for your life. And so understand this, you and I today, we have a copy of God's Word. This is a very fruitful hill. Listen, we have a church that we can be a part of. And thank God that we have pastors and youth pastors and Sunday school teachers and Sunday school and youth workers. We have Christian school teachers and administrations. Listen, God has put you today in a very fruitful hill. God said, I got plans for your life. I got a desire for your life. God said, I I didn't put you down in the valley. I didn't put you over there in the darkness. God said, I brought you in a fruitful hill today. You've got great potential. Listen, you've got the word of God. You've got a church. Listen, you've got a school that loves you and teachers that love you and parents that love you and a pastor that loves you. Listen, you've got a a companionship and friends, godly friends that hold us accountable. He said it's a fruitful hill. Listen, thank God we've got the comforter called the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of our hearts. We have a course that God has put our feet upon to walk. Now, you think of Samson. Samson had godly parents. Samson, listen, he had good potential as well. But in the moment of temptation, he threw it all away. Yeah. In a moment of weakness, when he looked at his own self and looked at his own strength and said, I can handle this. I can flirt with sin a little bit and get by with it. But that was his downfall, was it not? And I want you to know he had great potential. Listen to me. God expects more out of us than what he is getting today. God said about this vineyard here, he said, I put you in a very fruitful hill. Listen, God has blessed us. He's been good to us. Listen, he is building us up on a solid foundation. And friend, we ought to be more fervent. We should be more faithful. We should be more fruitful. We should be more favorable than what we are. And the question that I propose to us today, is the Father glorified in me? God has put you here. Are you bringing glory to God this morning? Is your attitude toward your teacher or toward your classmates, toward your parents, is your actions toward these people, are they pleasing to the Lord? Or is there some work that needs to be done on those things? And so we find, number one, we see the potential. Then number two, notice this, we see the protection that's been given to this vineyard. The Bible says, look at verse 2, please. The Bible says, and he what? And he what? Say it with me, everybody. And he fenced it. Notice that. That's a picture of protection. I mean, this vineyard here is special to him. He said, I I love this vineyard so much. I love this tree so much that I'm going to put it up here in a a fruitful hill. And more than that, I'm going to build a fence around it because I sure love this plant. I sure got great plans for this plant. Listen, this plant's got such great potential that I cannot allow the vines of this world to to grow itself, to choke it out. Listen, I've got to protect this vineyard here from wild vines and and wild beasts. And and listen, I I love it. I'm going to build a And he does that. That's a picture of protection here. Notice what he does here. He said he, he fenced it and what? Gathered out the what? stones. Notice the work of the husbandman here. He fences it in. Remember what God said about Job or, or the devil, Satan said about Job to God. Satan said to God about Job, he said, you have hedged him in that I cannot get to him. Look at me, young people, you have been hedged in by God. He said, well, I don't like being here. Listen, you ought to thank God a million times over you're here. I go into public schools every Friday now. And you ought to thank God a million times that you're here. I've taught in Christian school many years. I've coached basketball many years in Christian school, coached high school football, varsity football in Christian school for many years. And you ought to thank God that I'm here because there's a level of protection for your mind. And for your body, the reason we don't allow certain things to happen here and go on in certain talk and, and certain things that go on with with your phone and certain media things, uh, social things, is because we're trying to protect you. You may not have that at home, but you're going to have it here. And that that vine dresser said, "Listen, I've got it on a fruitful hill." I've got them planted right here at Faith Baptist Academy. I tell you more than more than just planting it here on the fruitful hill. The vine dresser said, "I'm going to fence it in. I'm going to put some boundaries up. I'm going to put some protection up because I, listen, God loves you, fellas, ladies. God loves you more than you'll ever dream, more than you can in, in a lifetime ever ever come to realize how much God loves you and how much God cares for you." And that same love that God has for you is the same love that's flowing in my heart today and the heart of your pastor and your principal and your teachers. We believe God has great plans for your life. And so we're going to do what we can to protect you from certain things. And notice what he does here. He not only fences it in, but he does what? He gathers what out? What does he take out of the vineyard? What is it? Stones. You know what a stone is? It's a rock. You ever worked in the field, fellas? Girls, you ever worked in the garden? Have you worked in a garden? You go out there and you collect, gather the stones out of the garden because they get in your way. You can't, listen, you can't grow rocks. Some of you didn't know that, but you can't grow rocks. I think I I do a good job every year growing rocks because I always have more in my garden this year than I had last year. I'm a good rock grower. But the vine dresser said, listen, I'm not only going to plant it. I'm not only going to protect it, but I'm going to pick out the stones now, look at these stones here. I, I went through and I thought about what could these stones be that would be so harmful to this plant here that this farmer or this vine dresser would literally reach down and break his back and pick these stones up and say, that, that stone don't need to be there. That stone doesn't, be, and this stone doesn't need to be in here. And, listen, and just clean off a spot. And listen, what were these stones? Will you write this down if you take a note Number one, I believe it's a stone of worldliness. He said, if this, if this tree is going to make what I desire for it to be, I've got to get that stone of worldliness out of its life. Amen. God said, come up from among them, be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. God expects us to live separated. That's why he's fenced it in. He said, well, God's binding me. I don't have any freedom. Listen, you've got more freedom than you realize. You see, it's sin that binds, and it's sin that blinds, it's sin that grinds, it's sin that bankrupts you. That's right. Amen. It is sin that ensnares you, but it's Christ that liberates you. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you're a believer in Christ, you've got more freedom you'll never dream. And so listen, understand, we find here this vine is there and it's being protected and the rocks are being picked out. Listen, the rock of world is maybe the rock of worldly philosophies. He said, beware the rudiments and tradition of men. Listen, lest they spoil you. Maybe it's the stone of weakness. Maybe it's the stone of of the weights and sin which does so easily beset us. You see, we know what to do with our sin. We bring our sin to the altar and say, Oh God, forgive me my sin. But what do we do with the weight? He said, The weight and the sin, which does so What is a weight? In Hebrews 12, he's, listen, the word weight means things that hinder your potential, things that weigh you down. Listen at me, please. Look at me, please. Weights are not bad in and of themselves, but it's when we allow that weight. To become a sin or a stumbling block in our life. He said, These become besetting sins. Maybe it's the stone today of woeful friendships. God says, Listen, I just can't let you hang and I can't let you grow. I can't let you run with other people. Listen, your friends should be going in the same direction you're going in. Your friends should have the same godly desires that you have. Because listen, it's a whole lot easier for me to pull you down than it is for me to pull you up. Your friends, it's easier for them to pull you down to where they are than for you to pull them up to where you want them to be and where you are today. And so when we look at this vineyard, there there is potential. He said, I put it in a very fruitful hill." He said, there's protection. I put a fence around it and and I've got, I've gathered the stones away from it. Listen, what God takes out of our life will always be for our good. Listen, we ought to just let go of what the Lord wants to take out. Let me ask you the question, is the father glorified with me? Then notice quickly here, look at the prospect. I love this here. Look at the prospect of this plant. This, this vine dresser, this man, this owner, he has a plan for this tree, for this vine. Look at verse 2. He says, he planted it with the choicest vine. He built a tower in the midst of it and also made a what? What did he make, class? Young people, what did he make? A wine press. Notice the prospect here. Here he brings this little plant home with him. This, let's just suppose he goes down to the nursery. You know what a nursery is? Not, not the nursery where the babies are. But he goes down to the nursery and says, boy, it looks good. I've got, I think I can get something out of this rascal. I tell you what, buddy, come on, you're going home with me. He redeems this plant. You know what word "redeem" means? He buys it back, pays for it, and takes it out of the market. He takes it home, and he's sitting there, and he's looking, you know, and he's surveying his land. I believe I'll put him over here. Nah, just I don't know. Even I don't think he'd get enough sun over here. Those trees there would block him. He's looking around his land. He's wandering around. Nah, I don't think it'd be good over there. It's always wet over there. That that clay soil just. I got the spot for him. I'll put him up here on the fruitful hill. There we go. Digs a hole, puts him in there. Builds a fence around him. Oh, he just pampers him, loves on him. He gets all the stones out, of his, out from around him. He says, you know what? I've got great plans for you. Listen to me. God has great plans for your life. God, look at me. I come from a broken home. I had no plans. I had nothing but heartache and heartbreak. I'll tell you, I had nothing. Nothing. Then one day, there's a preacher who got up there and told me that God loved me and that God had a plan for my life, too. And I didn't believe him. I did not believe him. I thought, what would God want with somebody like me? I have nothing to offer him. But when I was 17 years old, I trusted Christ as my Savior. And God has taken me and God has put me on a choice hill, on a fruitful hill. Listen, I've been saved now for 41 years. I'm 58 years old. I'll be 59 next month. I've been preaching God's word for 36 years plus. Been married to the wife of my dreams for 39 years plus. Two wonderful children. Wonderful daughter-in-law, son-in-law. Three beautiful great granddarlings And I say I'm, I'm pretty fruitful. God's been pretty good to me. Matter of fact, God's been real good to me. And God picked me. God planted me. And God pulled all the stones out of my life. Listen to me. We see the prospect. Notice what the Bible says. He may. He went ahead. He went ahead and made a wine press. What is that wine press for? It's to take the fruit of this vine and put it in the press and squeeze the juice out of it. You like grape juice? You like orange juice? Take that fruit, put it in the press, and you squeeze it out. And you enjoy a glass in the morning, any time of the day, really. So look, before this, before this tree ever had one fruit on it, in the mind of the vine dresser, he went ahead and built a wine press. He said, I've got great potential for this. I've got a great prospect in mind. I've got great. Now, think of this. This tells us that there is a measure of expectation the Lord desires from us. Young ladies and young men, God has made us for a purpose. God has made us for a purpose. But he said, when I came and examined this, and I thought you'd bring forth, forth grapes, you brought forth wild grapes. Now, these wild grapes, listen, they, they had to do nothing. They just showed up. They just spring up on their own. A wild grape uh, a vine produces uh, very little, if any, fruit. And there are those who produce nothing with their lives because they're living their life apart from Christ and apart from his power. I'm telling you, young people, God expects some fruit from your life. God has great potential. God, Listen, it may be one day you'll be standing here, fellas, preaching a chapel. Young girls, it may be one day you'll be sitting behind the desk of your teacher that you have today. Did you ever dream that you would be here? Listen, adult, did you ever dream that you'd be a teacher one day? Did you ever dream that you'd be preaching one day? Did you ever dream, Pastor Paul, you'd be here for 50 years? God knew all about it, though. And God built the wine press right here for you. It was already here. Listen, I want you to know, there's, God, has, God has a prospect for you. Then, then number four, look at this here. Fourthly, I've got to move on. Look at verse four. He says there, it brought forth the wild grapes instead of the good grapes. God said that I'm going to judge, I pray you, betwixt me and my vineyard. He said, what could have been done more to my vineyard than that I've not done in it? God says, what more? Look at me, please. God says, what more could I have done? I mean, I put you on a, on a fruitful hill. He said, i built a fence around you. I, I've got all the stones out of your life. I went ahead and built a wine press over here for you, for your fruit. What more could I have done? I put you in a, in a, in a good church. I put you in a good school. I put you with godly men and godly ladies to influence your life for the glory of God. He said, listen, I, I put you, some of you come from great families, good Christian homes. Some may come from a home like I came from. But I tell you, God said, "I put you there. I put you there for a purpose." But we see number four, the pain. He said, "What could I have done more? What could have done been done more for my vine?" Listen, after all that the Lord has done for us, how and how we respond to the goodness and the grace of the Lord. Then we see last, we see the proclamation. That's given. Look in verse five and six, he said, Now go to, I tell you, what what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge. God said, Listen, the owner says, I'm gonna I'm gonna knock the wall down. I'm gonna let it, I'm gonna let beast and wild beasts come in and devour it and eat it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go by and I'm gonna cut it down. I'm gonna remove the remembrance of it, if you will. He said, I'm gonna lay it waste, verse six. He said, It shall not be pruned or digged, but there shall come up briars and thorns I will also command the clouds that they rain no more rain upon it. Can you imagine being so far away from God that God removes the blessing? God removes the head hedge about us. In other words, the Lord says, I've had enough. I've done all this for you. We've got one senior in here, right? You're the only senior in school. Is there any other senior? Yes. You got a senior class? Anybody senior class? I'm senior class. They gave me a senior discount the other day. Amen. <laughs> hey kind of shocked me. My meal was a little cheaper than what I thought it was. I said, I said is this right? She said, I went ahead and gave it the senior discount. And I went, seriously? I'm at that stage of my life. Praise God. I said, well, bring it on. Amen. Next time I'll get two sandwiches. But think of this. Let me... Let me, let's go from Isaiah right quick. Let me, let, me, let me tie this in together. Go to Luke 13. This is where we'll end. Luke 13. Here the Lord again bears a parable. Jesus gives a parable on the fig tree. And in this parable, you'll find it in Luke 13, where the, where the vine dresser comes down. And he examines the vine. He's looking for fruit. He looks under the leaves. He looks on the limbs. He, he looks about it. And the Bible says that he's been coming for three years. Three years. And every time he comes down seeking fruit, he says, I find none. Mm. And after the third year, he says, you know what? Cut it down. Why cometh it the ground? The word cometh means why is it? Let's, it's just taking up space. It's no good. But then the but then the vine dresser comes by. Look at this is what I want you to see. He said there in verse eight. Let's look at verse seven, Luke thirteen seven. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on these fig tree and find none. And cut it down. Why cometh it the ground? And he answered and said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also till I dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that, thou shalt cut it down. We see the plea of the vine dresser. Here the vine has been planted in a fruitful hill. It's got great potential, been fenced in. It's got great protection. The stones have been picked out and removed. Listen, it's got, it's got the prospect. There's a wine press already been built. Listen, he, he's just waiting on the fruit to come, and it comes seeking fruit, and he finds none. He comes seeking fruit two years, finds none three years, finds none. He said, listen, back in Isaiah 5, here in Luke 13, he says, cut it down. Why come to the ground? Then here comes a a feeble, humble servant and says, Lord, let it alone. Give it one more year. Look at me, please. Give give it one more year. Give it one more season. He says, listen, Lord, let me come in here and let me dig about it. Let me disturb it. Let me get some manure, some dung. That's what that is. He said, let me, let me fertilize it. Let me, let, me, let me fertilize it. Let me dig about it. And let's, let's see what happens this time next year. If it's got fruit, then well. But if not, then we'll cut it down. Listen to me. Here, this servant says, like many of us will say, Lord, give us one more chance. God, give me one more season. Lord, give me one more sermon. Lord, give us one more song, one more stanza. Lord, let me dig about it. Lord, let me disturb it. We need to be disturbed today. We need to be stirred up in ourselves. Some of you are the same, you're the same student you were last year. You've not advanced in the cause of Christ. If Jesus came today and said, let me see if you've got some fruit in your life, would he find any? Listen, I want to encourage it. The reason God led me to preach this message the first day is because I want you to pray that God would dig about you and God would dung you this year. That God would disturb you and that God would distribute some things in your life, give you something that you may be a fruitful person for his glory. This should be the desire of your heart for the school year. Lord, please use my teachers. Use God, my principal. Use my pastor. God, use my parents. Use my godly friends to influence me for the cause of Christ. God, use them to dig about me and to distribute the nourishment and the nutrients that I need. God has every right to demand and expect spiritual fruit in the heart of his people. And I ask you the question, is the Father glorified with me? Now listen to me. We can either let God cultivate us or we can let God cut us down. That's our choice. Let me ask you, young ladies and young men, do you know the Lord is your Savior? If you die today, you're sure heaven Young people that know Christ, listen, is your life glorifying the Father? Your attitude and your actions and your act- and activities, are they bringing glory to God? Is there fruit of, of salvation in your life? Is there evidence in your life that you've been born again? Is there evidence in your life that you're walking with God, reading your Bible, praying, bearing fruit? God has put you on a very fruitful hill. He's put walls around you to protect you, boundaries to protect you. He's striving to pull out all the stones that would hinder you and harm you from advancing and growing. But yet the plea of God is, Lord, don't cut it down this year. I want you to ask God to help you this year to be the young man and the young lady that God desires for you to be. Let's bow for prayer, shall we? Our Father in heaven, in Jesus' name today, Lord, we're so thankful, dear God, for the opportunity, Lord, to stand before this student body, to open up the eternal word of God, and Lord, pour our hearts out, oh God, in such a way, dear Lord, it's not about me. It's not about my story. It's not about my sermon. It's not about my outlines or my illustrations. But it's about the power of the Holy Spirit of God working and wooing and drawing us to the Lord. Lord, I pray, God, as we see this tree behind me on this platform, God, may may we identify ourselves and see ourselves in it, Lord. And I pray this morning, dear God, that you would help us move on every heart, dear God. May we begin to do business with the Lord and get serious about God and about the things of God. And Lord God, if we're the same student that we were last year as far as our spiritual growth, dear God, then there's something wrong. Lord, we should be growing and developing and becoming, God, being nurtured in the things of God and and maturing in the things of the Lord. I pray God you'd help us, Lord. And, Father, we ask you, God, now there will be those who will say, dear God, cultivate me. But sadly, there will be those that God says, say, I'll just have to cut you down and remove you. Because I'm not going to allow you to take up space and not bear fruit. God expects something out of us. And, Lord, today, God, give us courage to to step up. Give us courage, God, to stand out. God, give us courage to speak up and to speak out. Give us courage to shine. And Lord God, I pray today, God, you'd raise up a mighty army of young people, a royal seed, God, for the King of kings and Lord of lords from this academy. Bless it, God. Bless the teachers, bless the staff and the administration. Bless pastor, God. God, lead them, God, in this endeavor to train young men and women for the glory of God, for the cause of Christ. And, Lord God, may my life be pleasing to Thee. Lord, help me now to search my heart. Is there anything there that God's not pleased with? Anything, anything. God, may we confess it. May we ask for forgiveness. May we find that cleansing in the power of the blood of Jesus that can wash all our sins away and make us new again, make us fresh again. And God, renew us now, we pray. Revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee. God, bless now, we pray. Thy will be done and our God will thank thee for it. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Their heads are bowed and our eyes are closed just for a moment this morning.